Running Buds. Welcome to the Running Buds podcast. We're talking turkey trots today. My name is Steve McNamee from the east side of our wonderful nation. And on the west is Charlie Lambricks coming in hot from my turkey trot the other day. How are you, Steve? I'm doing great. You just got my dog to uh, to freak out when, when you made that noise. On a scale from 1 to 10, how would you rank my turkey sound? It was pretty good. My my dog bought it. Yeah, I, I think uh, between us, I'd say we, we're impressed. How was Thanksgiving for you? Wow, well, Thanksgiving was was fantastic. It always goes too fast. A lot going on. Of course, one of those things that's always going on is a turkey trot in the morning. Otherwise, a uh, great day. Um, how about you? Uh, I too did a turkey trot. Had a wonderful Thanksgiving. Uh, let's talk about yours first. Which one did you do and? And how did it go? Well, Toledo has a couple of options. Um, I did one in downtown Toledo. The hustling, bustling metropolis of Toledo has one that runs through the streets of downtown. The 5K. Uh, the race went okay. I mean, it's it's uh, it, it is what it is. It's pretty pretty typical morning cold weather 5K. Um, a little chaotic though, actually, Charlie. How so? Well. Uh, I locked my keys in my car before the race. Can you believe that? <laughs> now, did you know this right away or did you not find out until after the race? Uh, did you handle no. it or did you go run knowing your keys were locked in your car? What happened? I did race knowing the keys were in my car. Um, so I have a, I like probably most people have a running ritual, or, I'm sorry, pre-race ritual. And my usually includes, I do a run like a real easy jog type thing just to get the muscles going before I do like an actual real warm up. So I went out and I did my, my, I guess we'll call it a pre warm up. Okay. And I went back to my car to put my clothes on and uh, my keys were in the car and the car was locked. Oh, interesting. So. <laughs> so you didn't even have like what you planned to wear during the race. It was locked in the car as well. Yes, yes, it was. Good observation there. <laughs> so what did you end up wearing for this race? Let me guess. So Let I, me guess. You didn't get your cheater shoes. No, my cheater shoes were sitting in my car within plain sight, untouched. And I so you, I ended up running in in I guess we'd call them warm-up shoes that I absolutely hate. Like, of all my shoes, I have I have plenty of shoes. I hate the shoes that I ran in. How many times have you mowed the lawn in those shoes? Uh, none yet, but it's about to happen. <laughs> okay, so how did it go no. without your uh, without your little boost? It, it, it's one of those things. The race went fine, but I, I I question how much adrenaline takes over when you're just angry and you're mentally checked out and care. I think it's actually, it helps you race. It helps you run fast because you're kind of running angry. I don't know. Have you ever experienced such a thing? Uh, maybe for a training run. I've never gotten done something as stupid as you did right before a race. <laughs> so, uh... <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, actually, I have a, a little story, on a little antidote. One time I was going for a training run, just a regular run, and... Um, I was in Maumee, 
and I was mm -hmm. near side cut path or side cut park. And you know, that curve hill, I'm sure you're familiar with it. Anyway, yeah. there's this curved hill, uh, in this town of mommy and, um, uh, the one side, the right side of the road, uh, as you're heading towards town has about a three foot wide, um, what do you call it? Uh, berm. Berm, lane. The side, yeah, like a runner's lane or a biker's lane. And mm -hmm. then the other side uh, has nothing, basically. So I was going against protocol and running on the right side of the road instead of against traffic uh, mm -hmm. when a bicyclist approached me from behind and said, hey, buddy, you're on the wrong side of the road, which <laughs> I yelled back to this bicyclist. There's a, a shoulder. That's the word I couldn't think of. There's a big nah. shoulder over here. No shoulder over there. Blind corner, you know, as I'm running. Yeah. And he yeah. stopped. He said, what? <laughs> so I repeated myself. You know, I have a shoulder here to run on. That's why I'm on this side of the road. And he said, yeah. oh, okay. Stay safe. And he biked off. And uh, <laughs> it was very polite and uh, amicable. Um little discussion had me going from about an eight minute pace to like a low six. And I just <laughs> looked at my next mile and I thought, geez, Charlie, do you really have so little confrontation in your life that a friendly conversation gets you so amped up that you're just cranking out, you know, race speed uh, in the <laughs> middle of a run. But there is a uh, one final thing, maybe yeah. a month later, construction was done on that road and a shoulder was built on the other side so i don't know if this was the mayor of mommy or a councilman or something but i think i uh i think i influenced change that day steve you may have you may have gone back to his uh his home and started a petition to get uh, runners to go in the correct direction when when he's riding in, in his correct direction and just runners and bicyclists getting along making the world yeah. a better place but to your point yes uh, sometimes just the smallest thing can just give you that shot of adrenaline and make you run better or faster. So yeah, you had that going into this turkey trot. How did the 5K go then? Oh, the 5K was fine. It was it was maybe a little slower than last year, but uh, oh, I don't know. I mean, it was uh, it was a sub 19, which for me, I'm I'm always happy with when I can run that. But uh, excellent. Um, I just felt awful in those shoes. I, I'm expecting my my plush cheater shoes that are very light very snappy and i just had the worst i hate those shoes that's why they're warm-up shoes i just i just do it just because i can put on running shoes that i don't care about and i ended up racing in them and it was just and they and you know what else they're not attractive shoes like for race photos i don't uh, like getting my race photos in unattractive shoes or clothes i always try to look nice and, um steve if you hate these anything. shoes so much why do you own them uh because i bought them well i mean i didn't know <laughs> i hated them and, and you know it's funny because even today i thought i have no memory of actually buying those shoes i don't know how they ended up in my closet it's a rotational shoe <laughs> but uh uh yeah i have a i have a cute little notepad with how many miles i have so i cannot wait for those shoes to hit their 400 which is what i normally put on a shoe and then i retire it so it's coming the, it's past 300 good Stay then they clean. can become your lawn mowing shoes oh i can't wait so you know what though there was one other bit of chaos that occurred and you focused on my shoes but the other thing that was in my car even worse than my shoes was my race number 
Mm. Uh, so, yeah, so I went over they have day of pickup. I went over to the day of pickup. Of course, there's a giant line. You know, the as we like to point out occasionally, turkey trots, it tends to be more of the what do you, it's how a do you want to for say? the common man. It's a race yeah. for the common man. Yes, you have a way of putting things nicely. Yes. Yeah, so the line maybe a half hour before the race was just absurdly long for day of registration. So I, of course, having already done a warm up, considering myself a bit of a VIP with special needs at this point, um, I didn't just cut to the front of the line. I went to the table and I went behind the table and I found one of the volunteers who I know and I told her my predicament and uh, um, I got instant service. They they deleted my old number and they gave me a new number instantly and I went about my business. So so I, I guess I big time. time. Big yep. time Toledo, Steve McNamee. <laughs> just it was uh, yeah, cloud all over the place. You know who I am. You know, yeah, you I will started running in general. Um, a little bit of chaos that the running, when you have trouble, like I had trouble that day, everybody that heard my story, I had so much help. And uh, it was really a very low impact kind of mistake that I made when it could have just really affected my day. I mean, I could have been waiting hours for a, for a locksmith and uh but, uh, um, some very good friends called AAA, and AAA came within, and uh, I went about my business after the race. So, well, listen, Steve, you're not just an esteemed member of Toledo Road Running Club. Uh, you're not just, you know, in racing groups, casual and formal, all over town. But uh, you're co-anchor of Running Buds. Um, <laughs> I'm not surprised you got the snappy service you did. Yeah. Well, you know what would have helped if I could have taken out my beer koozie and showed it the volunteers for even quicker service. Because once you show off that beer koozie, you're going to get service, right? Is that correct? That, you, uh... that, that is right. We are selling beer koozies. They're bright green. They're beautiful. They got their our logo on it. They've got our link to the podcast and they are for sale. If you want yeah. one of these stunning bright green beer koozies, just email us at budsrunning at gmail.com or send us a message on Twitter, budsrunning or at budsrunning is our Twitter handle. And uh, you can make one of these awesome beer koozies yourself. Thank you for everyone that put in an order and we started shipping those out too. We very much appreciate it. Yeah, I, I forgot, Charlie. These have to be really expensive, correct? They're a uh, lot they of money. Are, you know what? They're I think they're priceless, uh, personally, but uh, <laughs> they can be yours for the low, low price of five dollars. Oh my gosh! For the holidays, come on, five dollars is is nothing. That is a perfect gift, perfect price. Oh, yes, I would have say you, been uh, you, could, you could probably stock those in a. <laughs> stuff those in a stocking stocking <laughs> stuffer yes have you been showing yours off around town uh i use mine every day even though it's a little strange looking at yourself while you're drinking a beer but uh but yeah, <laughs> yeah i never thought of that oh my gosh i, I must keep mine pointed away from my face because i yeah i never really focused on the the artwork but it is amazing artwork as well yeah That's our buddy cool. trevor smith um 
at Hey Trevor Smith on Twitter uh, did that for us, and he did a great job. So, yeah, support um, artists, support the Running Buds podcast, and get your koozie today. Last thing I want to say in the koozie is I want to encourage our followers, especially on Twitter, to send us uh, pictures of you enjoying your post-race beer in the koozie and send that to our Twitter account. We will retweet. Uh, I love that kind of stuff. I love that kind of engagement. And I would love to see that be a tradition among Running Buds listeners that we do races, we enjoy our day afterwards in our koozies, and that's all. Definitely. So were you age group competitive in your uh, chaotic turkey trot? I have a wonderful tradition when it comes to being age group competitive. And lately in races, I've had the talent for uh, chip timing people that I cannot catch at the line. And it's, I, I wish I knew how I did it, but uh, yeah, I had a, a, a fellow age grouper was just ahead of me. I had no fight in me. I was content to just let him go. And when the results came out, uh, I, I got fourth in my age group. Uh, he got fifth. His name's Jonathan. Very good runner. Um, always finishes near me or ahead of me, usually. But uh, but as it turns out, top five won a pie. And uh, both of us ended up with pies that day. So congratulations. Also, thank you. Thank you. Always, always nice to bring home that pie, which is still sitting in my fridge untouched. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that's great. Uh, you had a turkey trot as well. I did. Yeah. I did. Mine was also quite chaotic in a very different way. Oh, really? uh, so we had a winter storm warning um, the night before the turkey trot going into Thanksgiving morning. And uh, driving to the – well, let's just say when I drove home from packet pickup the night before where the, the start line was, it took me 12 minutes to get home. Uh-huh. Uh, driving to the start line, it took me over a half hour because <laughs> there was about five inches of snow all over the roads. <laughs> no exaggeration. It was just a total whiteout downpour of snow. Now to illustrate uh, to illustrate, on a nice day, could you run that distance in a half an hour? Run that distance? Uh, you, a 10K? The, no, the half hour that it took you to drive to the start line. Oh. No, on a nice oh. day, you cover that in a half hour. Oh, gosh. The, maybe. All right. Yeah, I don't know. Probably close. I don't know. I don't know the exact mileage. It, it'd probably be pretty close, but yeah. Yeah. Have you ever had that when you're stuck in traffic or just terrible weather? Like I could have run here quicker. <laughs> yeah, look, always when it's a bad weather or stuck in traffic, I was thinking, yeah, I could be running right now on a nice day. And yeah. That's why I asked. I know it's a, it's a, it's a poor attempt, uh, trying to show distance, but, uh, but please continue. And this um, this turkey trot, I've had a little t- a chip in my shoulder. If anyone has listened to the dropping from a race episode, this was the turkey trot, the 10K that I actually had to stop and walk during in uh, last year. Uh, top three get turkeys, and I was in third place, and I was brought to a walk around mile five just due to debilitating side stitches, and I saw my... Uh, my podium finish and my turkey slip away as I was walking and limping in at the end. So 
I had a chip on my shoulder to, uh, to run this race strong. Uh, so that was the goal. And, and I knew, um, with all this snow, it wasn't going to be a fast time. Uh, but I was still determined to sort of reclaim this race. Also, um, knowing that there was a chance to win a Turkey, uh, we were actually hosting Thanksgiving with the, with the new baby here. So my in-laws were in town and my parents were in town. And I said, we can't have two turkeys. Um, we're not buying a turkey. I'm going to win one and that's going to be our turkey. So I put a lot of pressure on myself uh, to come home wow. with a turkey. And my wife said, well, what if you don't win one? And I said, don't you worry about that. I'll, I'll take care of that, sweetheart. And uh, that is a move on your part. I, I respect that. And uh, so then get to the start line. Um, despite it just dumping snow, this is the big fluffy flakes. It looked like the inside of a snow globe. No exaggeration, just really coming down. In spite of how hard it was snowing, it actually wasn't that cold. It was actually above freezing. So visibility was a factor. Footing was totally a factor, but it wasn't that cold. Anyway, uh, I made a decision. Uh, I don't know if you remember, but I was actually going to wear some cheater shoes. I got a buddy that bought the vapor flies and he was going to let me borrow them for this turkey trot. Of course, with five, five or six inches of snow, they would have been rendered useless and they are way too expensive of shoes to have in those kind of conditions. So those stayed in their bag at home. And I actually put on some uh, trail running shoes that had like these big lugs and decent traction. And that I think was a yeah. great call because I didn't have too much slippage uh, in this snow. Okay, so there's a 5K and a 10K take off at the start line. This race has a lot of high school kids. So right off the bat, there's a lot of people in front of me. I don't know who's in the 5k, who's in the 10k, but there's at least a dozen people in front of me to start things off. Uh, less than a mile in, we've got the split. So not, you don't have to wait too long to split 10k and 5k. A grand total of four people all grouped together, uh, turn left for the 10k. I of course follow them. So I'm in fifth place. I'm running, they're in my sights, okay. and um, that foursome splits into two and two. A guy's coming up on me, and I notice his shoes are untied in the snow. He's moving pretty fast. I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to join this guy and see if we can catch these next two, and he'll obviously fade. You know, he's got untied shoes. So we passed. This is a high school kid? Some high school kid, yeah. We pass yeah, obviously we pass a high school kid. We pass another high school kid. And so I'm currently in fourth because the kid with his shoes untied is moving pretty fast. I'm like, you know what? I'm just gonna let him kind of wear himself out with his shoes untied. So I'm sitting in fourth place. We take a turn on the Jordan Parkway Trail, uh, a bike path I run on regularly. Now they had plowed the streets a few times, but it was still kind of snowy on them. The, the bike path, which we were on for about a mile, was completely unplowed. So we are literally in over ankle-deep snow during this race. Oof. Coming up on me, I feel somebody right behind me. And uh, again, another high school kid. This little guy has yak tracks on. Uh-oh. And there was no staying with him. <laughs> there was no staying with him. So he gets ahead of me, and now I'm in fifth. 
and uh, I can see fourth and third and second and first I think is starting to pull away a bit and I now at this point yes at this point are you hearing your wife's question to you what if you don't win a turkey like (laughs) echoing (laughs) you know what uh no I was thinking this is so much freaking snow thank god I got these trail shoes on maybe this will be my advantage and I can reel some people in here in the end and, okay. and so I'm sitting there in fifth and basically um, I can't even tell if I'm making progress on fourth or not. Maybe I am, maybe I'm not, but that's just sort of the way it went right through to the finish line. Oh, that's not true. Another uh, person came up on me, not a high school kid, but uh, somebody I'm like, oh my goodness, I had no idea. I thought I was just focused on so much of people ahead of me. I didn't even realize somebody was coming up on me. And even though it became obvious in that last mile that I was not going to get a turkey, let alone even catch the fourth place guy, I had to do everything in my power to hold on to fifth. And as I told you before, there was also a 5K. So it became, it almost became comedic, you know, weaving in snow, deciding whether to go on the sidewalk or stay in the street, all these 5K walkers. And just running as fast as I can with this guy on my heels. Uh, So that was uh, adrenaline inducing. But in the end, I did, was able to hold off this guy, who, by the way, was wearing shorts, t-shirt, no gloves, no hat. Um, I held him (laughs) off. uh, So I came in fifth, no turkey. I did win my age group, which earned me a pie. Uh, which I did not stick around for because <laughs> I just wanted to go home. I was in a very much a turkey or bust attitude. So uh, I came home. And- now, ironically, I-, I feel like the high school kids would have preferred having a pie yeah, that's right. over I'm turkey. I'm sure, yeah. So I looked at the results later. Top three ages were 17, 18, and 18. Uh, the fourth uh. place was actually uh, 35 to 39 age groups, so older than me. Uh, so I still won my age group, but um, no turkey. Yeah, and then crossing the finish line, uh, the guy that came six was literally only two seconds behind me. Um, he could have got me on chip time. It could have been a situation like yours. He didn't. It was. Yeah, weird. absolutely. I was able to hold him off, but uh, I definitely turned around and said, man, you kept me honest there. I did not plan to run or work that hard (laughs) you know because by mile five I was like okay I'm not catching fourth place I was just gonna cruise on in and uh and yeah so I I had to work pretty hard and to get my fifth place and the pie that I did not take home but uh my family was understanding um we had a nice spiral ham already there and prepared (laughs) and then all the women in the house quickly told me uh, the turkey wouldn't have been ready in time anyway. If it was frozen, it wouldn't be able to be cooked for several days anyway. So there was a flaw in my logic, regardless. But um, anyway, <laughs> it was a. Uh, it was. Uh, I didn't. I. I'm really glad that guy in six was pushing me because it felt really good to to be working hard and not to be having the side stitches. And even though it was snowy and wind was blowing and terrible visibility. 
it felt good just finished a race strong so it was a overall very positive experience my last race for 2019 and it 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 was a memorable one those are fun races when you when you really have to buckle down not only with your your competition but the the conditions so steve did you really stuff yourself uh as we've been kind of alluding to in some other episodes you've you've made a bit of a food transformation or diet transformation uh cutting out almost all sugar uh still drinking beer but uh really adding a lot of discipline to your diet does that go out the window at all during thanksgiving and the holidays or or how did you approach food um this thanksgiving and these upcoming holidays yeah, it's kind of interesting because over the years, I think this is probably my 11th turkey trot. I'm guessing. I don't have an exact count. But over the years, and this is probably true for most runners that did early turkey trots and then kind of evolved. But uh, you don't you don't have the same sense of reward after a 5K that you did or I did back, back when I was first doing them. Do you, do you know what I mean? Oh, you were so... Uh, if I'm, I'm speculating, but you're, what you're saying is after a 5k, maybe 10 years ago, you're like, I earned my Turkey bring on the gravy. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Yeah. And now you're like, yeah, like a now, you're, now you're probably like that. I didn't, I only ran three miles. I don't, <laughs> <laughs> that was it. I didn't even do a cool down. Like, you know, because the, the whole key situation, having to get back into my car. <laughs> so <laughs> I really felt like it was almost like half a day off other than the fact I, I ran hard for three miles, but yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, there was little consequence. I felt like I earned very little reward um, compared to past years when I like way back when I would be sore, tired all day. I would strut around the house. Like I owned the place because I ran a 5k in the morning and now it's kind of just, uh, you just take it in stride. You just go about your, your business so um, let's work backwards then with dessert. Cause I know that uh, sugar is a big thing that you've cut out of your diet. Did you have any pumpkin pie, pecan pie? You've already mentioned you didn't have your age group pie. Did you have any dessert Thanksgiving? No, I, I would eat a, I would eat a piece of apple pie because I did win the apple pie and I don't really consider I mean, that's yes, that's a sweet, but I don't consider that like very, high-end sugary like a lot of other things loaded with fat and butter okay so you're you're not a um you're not like a hundred percent you're not one of these people that one piece of pie turns into a big uh a binge session of of sugars you you do i think you do treat yourself every now and then uh not really no (laughs) just two things two things no number one um, it's an apple pie, so that's fruit. There's fruit in okay. <laughs> Follow my logic there, right? Easy enough. And number two, I really don't like apple pie that much. So I eat it kind of despite myself. I mean, it, it's like a treat, but it's not, it's not giving me that happiness that say I would get from a, from a nice chocolate chip cookie or a piece of brownie or something like chocolate. Okay. So chocolate. To me. Is there chocolate in your Thanksgiving dessert menu then? Because like. That, that, well, that's what i'm getting okay so are you eat you consider eating the apple pie just because you want it and you want the the sweet taste of your the fruits of your labor literally or yes. 
Okay. Exactly. So you're not, um, no, I denied myself the rest of it. No, I didn't eat any chocolate. I had, I really had no sweets. Was there, temp- on, on was there temptation to, or not even? Oh, there really oh, was. Okay. Okay. So you were consciously nope. avoiding, um, dessert on Thanksgiving. Wow. Okay. What yeah. about the meal itself? Because uh, I mean, obviously, there's a ton of carbs and stuffing, potatoes, etc. But um... yeah, there is. Funny enough, I was in charge of the Thanksgiving turkey, as it turns out. Oh. Uh, for the wait, for the wait, nine wait, o'clock. Wait, wait a second! You yeah. can't even be trusted uh-huh. with your car keys, and they're trusting you with Thanksgiving Day turkey. <laughs> Well, if the car key situation didn't work out, the turkey was, I mean, the turkey was put at risk when I locked my keys in the car. I mean, that was, that could have worked, that could have been terrible. I mean, we could have had the, uh, the Christmas vacation turkey that's, that's overdone because I had to come home and get the turkey out. I mean, I had to, I was, I was the man. I was the cook. Well, luckily it's and, the turkey and it takes what, five hours to cook. So you got a little, yeah. My daughter was home, but I couldn't really call her and say, "Hey, I need you to take the turkey out." I mean, this is a twenty-pound turkey, which I'm not gonna—I'm not gonna put my daughter to reach into a hot oven and try to handle a twenty-pound turkey in a roaster. So, uh, um, but yeah, I got up at five in the morning and started in getting the turkey ready, um, getting it uh, um, prepared, seasoned, everything I, I, I do to the turkey, and uh, I think I got it in the oven. Uh, gosh. I, Probably about seven thirty. It was probably a good two and a half hours of getting food ready uh, before I went off to the race. Um, so when I got home from the race, like that was the rest of my day was getting the turkey ready. Oh, you shouldn't say the rest of my day, but like before guests showed up, I mean, I'm I'm carving a turkey. I'm trying to get my out of my clothes that I ran in, trying to get cleaned up. Everything it was just chaos. I really did not eat till after everybody else ate. Okay, I think I was late, so. And I didn't you, indulge as much as I would have liked to. And you kept it. So was this something you consciously kind of decided going into the holidays? You were sticking to the diet pretty strong or are you planning some, some treating yourself maybe uh, Christmas or something? Yeah, I, uh, I, I did want to eat more than I did to be honest. <laughs> it was just uh, at my house. It was at my house as well. So it just got crazy, you know, and it's hard to eat when you're when you're not focused on, you know, sitting down, relaxing and eating. Well, good for um, you. So I would have loved to have overindulged. I just I just did not do it that day. Good for you. Yeah. Well, I, so how was your ham? <laughs> uh, the ham was delicious. It was a spiral ham. Uh, very tasty. Got the glaze on the outside. And I treated Thanksgiving pretty much how I treat my diet and have past several years all the years i've been a runner and i always treat food as um as long as i'm getting the good stuff uh, i'm i'm thinking of my diet as adding things rather than taking them away so uh yeah i'll indulge in thanksgiving all the trimmings and dessert and really really any meal but i always make sure i'm getting a lot of vegetables, a lot of green, crunchy things uh, down my gullet uh, with or before I indulge in the other things. And that's worked pretty well for me uh, as a runner in general, just eating a lot of salads, a lot of cut up raw vegetables, and just uh, making sure I'm putting down a lot of those fruits and veggies 
And then um, that really does kind of two things. A, I'm getting all this healthy stuff and then I'm craving less on the stuff I shouldn't been shouldn't be eating. So that's kind of the way I've treated my diet the past six, seven years. And now that I'm 32 going on 33, I am starting to notice that maybe that's not enough. <laughs> maybe just because I had a salad and an outstanding lunch, uh, I can't have six pieces of pizza and a milkshake <laughs> for dinner. So I've been steadily gaining weight, you know, each year I'm getting older. I, I, I think for all intents and purposes, I'm a, a thin person, but uh, I'm, I'm definitely getting to that crossroads of, I can't just keep adding raw vegetables uh, and that being enough, I may have to actually scale back on my cookie fried foods etc yeah yeah eventually you'll have to start denying yourself i think that's that's kind of the big difference that that occurred in my life is once i started denying myself like those simple pleasures those foods that i just adored uh that's that's when i that's when i started to see a difference but it, it does it happens it's kind of for me it was i won't say late in life but late i mean past my past my 30s you know it, it's been a recent thing and uh yeah it, especially at the holidays being a runner it's it's something you're more cognizant of the fact that there's consequences to all these little these little happinesses that you have especially when it comes to eating and and diet and weight definitely definitely make an impact on your running i mean just from a rudimentary physics perspective the less you're carrying the less you have to carry, the, the faster you can probably go. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, anytime I've lost even a couple of pounds, I always think, what if I had to carry that weight like in a backpack? How, yeah, exactly. How that would be. Exactly. Or even just, um, even if it's just five pounds, like, uh, yeah. like a pound medicine ball, like, can you imagine carrying like that for a football for any race distance? How, how exhausting that would be? Horrible. So, absolutely horrible. Um, so, on the topic of food nutrition, give us your favorites pre-race, during race, and post-race. Do you have any? What do you generally consume? Pre-race, like, I normally night before, morning of. Yeah, what is your yeah. general light nutrition food? around the race? You know what? Just try to eat light foods that aren't going to upset my stomach. Things like uh, like grilled chicken type things. Um, pre-race, the day of, I I try not to eat, or if I do, I try to. I try to eat long before the race. I, I'm happier on an empty stomach because I do get an upset stomach when I try to race hard with anything in there. Yeah, um, me, yeah. I'll, um, I'll, I'll generally try and do pasta the night before. Um, oftentimes I get like just a spaghetti marinara with like no meat at all. I just want some noodles. And people that, you know, carb loading is common with runners, but I find – Anytime you really don't ever want to stuff yourself. You just want to eat till you're full and you don't really want to do this. Just gorging yourself on carbs. Cause that's when I found I've had GI issues myself. Yeah. But yeah, if I could have like, you know, like some grilled chicken and some pasta and maybe a small salad that I think that'd be an ideal, uh, night before meal morning of, I usually, usually eat no matter the distance, the race, I'll usually do a, like a whole wheat bagel with some, peanut butter and maybe a banana and water and that's pretty good for me what about during the race are you a goo guy what do you usually put back 
during the race itself. Yeah, like during a marathon, I will. I'll take goo. Um, you know, in the past, I've tried other things that I've probably gotten away from. So I think I'm going to have to try to reintroduce. I, I got it into my mind that my stomach can't handle food, but truthfully, I don't try a lot. So I think in my yeah, case, I, I think I nutrition is. Some... What, say ahead. that again. I had read somewhere and, you know, don't quote me because I can't remember where and we're not good at looking things up, but that basically <laughs> your body is capable of um, like converting, if that's the right word, almost 60 grams of carbs per hour. And as close as you can get to that 60 grams of carbs per hour during a race, the better you'll be. I mean, obviously, if you're going to end up pooping yourself, it's, that's going to not help you whatsoever. It's going to be have the reverse effect. But if you can get as close to that 60 carbs per hour, which is it's a lot, 60 carbs in an hour is, is not a small amount, especially while running. Uh, so I've always done gels and goos and to try and get to that point. And it's difficult, but I, I have found the more I'm able to put down the less I bonk and the faster I'm able to stay towards the end of a marathon specifically. Well, I think I'm buying into that. I think I'm going to have to after my, my most recent few marathons where I have bonked and to, uh, honestly, I don't, I, yeah, I'm not getting enough nutrition. And I, I think that's probably true with everybody running a marathon. That, well, it might be breakfast too. I think if you eat that breakfast, it might help you out a lot, but that's obviously something you're going to have to try before your long runs to get your stomach used to it. Yeah. You know, I mean, some of it is the fact, and runners I think are superstitious. I had one good run on an empty stomach and therefore I extrapolated all my runs would be great on an empty stomach and it doesn't necessarily work that way as you know, but um, yeah, it's, I, I think it's just, uh, it's what, what's the, it's limited data trying to come you're using limited data to make a conclusion that's probably yeah. not correct small anyways, sample but. size right yeah, I, small usually, I usually do my training runs on an empty stomach like my my saturday long runs i almost never ever eat breakfast and if i'm doing even up to 20 miles i'll have maybe one goo just to keep that limited so then it's sort of this advantage uh on race day and luckily i have a stomach that can handle that. I, re- I realize that a lot of people struggle with goo and nutrition during a race, but luckily I've been able to do that and it's worked out okay for me. What about yeah. post-race? I know we're always talking about that post-race beer and burger. Is that your go-to post-race? Uh, probably post-marathon. Other than that, uh, um, just I think whatever makes me happy in the moment. Do you ever... When you bonk, here's a here's a good question. When you bonk, do you ever do you ever get a craving for a food that that is so strange and off the wall, but you have to have it? You it's like a pregnancy craving, like uh, yeah, I mean, bears on a pizza or something. No, have you? Where some kind of primal instinct takes over, and oh yeah, yeah. Um, well, they say and, when you get that, that's what your body really needs. So, what are some of the things you crave when in that moment? Salt or what? Yeah, I can. I, I mean, salt is, is very typical. Um, like for example, like when I ran New York and I was, I was having difficulty, um, somebody was handing out oranges and I'm kind of ambivalent towards oranges on a normal day, but these oranges, once I had one, I, I wanted, I wanted to see another person handing out oranges to the point I'm like scanning the crowd, like looking for somebody with an orange. I mean, I just wanted another orange so bad. 
And as it turned out, the next thing I grabbed was pretzels. I found pretzels. So after I ate a pretzel, kind of the same thing. I was scanning the crowd looking for people with pretzels. Wow. See, I've definitely been on a a run, especially if it's hot out, that I'm really craving a beer by the end. (laughs) But I think that's a different uh, uh, urge. Yeah, I like I, I'm I'm a pizza guy. I love pizza. That's that's oh, what I'm craving for after a marathon. That's what I'd like to treat myself with. Yeah. Yeah. Well, one thing to note, um I I don't remember her name, but did you see the article about the girl that was with the Nike project and she kind of did a tell all about how terrible Alberto Salazar and the Nike team was? Yes. Yes. Uh, yeah, Mary King. What's her name? Mary Kane's the runner. Wonderful. You actually remember. You knew something. I, I had no idea. I, I read the article. And it's just kind of, you know, as we are talking about food and things, it's just one of those situations where they were putting so much pressure on her uh, to lose weight. And she actually lost so much or wasn't getting enough that her running was suffering. So I realize a lot of people do run to lose weight. And even I said in this podcast that if you are able to lose some pounds, it probably will help your times. But in the end, you really need to stay healthy and not uh, yeah, absolutely. not let it get to that point. So just stay healthy out there, people. This is supposed to be yeah. fun. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> really? And you and and for the record, uh, Steve still drinks beer, so he he has his indulgences as well, just like the rest of us. I do, and we know from the last podcast. Even when I quit drinking beer, I still drink beer. So <laughs> yes, you did. Oh, <laughs> uh, all right, buddy. Someday uh, I feel the need to defend myself. It won't be today, but I would I would love a chance to defend my statement that I wasn't drinking yet. I did drink, but. I can reconcile the two if I really had to, but that's for another day, Charlie. Sounds that's good. for another episode. Uh, do you have a song for us, Steve? <laughs> uh, is there a I man? You know, when I think of Thanksgiving, I think of uh, Alice's Restaurant, but I think it'd be totally inappropriate for this podcast. Why is um, that? I don't. I'm not sure. I know that one. Yeah, it's, it's traditional Thanksgiving song. I believe it's like a half an hour long. Or, it's uh, I think it's an Arlo Guthrie song that's famous for being played on Thanksgiving on radio stations across the country, and it's basically a storytelling song on Thanksgiving. So, well, we're, uh, not, we're not we're, we're not putting that. a half hour song on the, on the playlist. However, <laughs> I do have another one. It's Good. sort of What's a Thanksgiving that? song. Uh, I can't give you the exact year, but the band by that goes by the band, the name of the band. I'm sorry. Uh, They played their last concert on Thanksgiving Day, and it was known as The Last Waltz, a Martin Scorsese film. And one of the great songs from that concert, ironically enough, is called The Wait. And the live version is just fantastic. And uh, I think that's a great song to go out on today. Love the band. Love the wait. It does apply to food and Thanksgiving. So very well done, Steve. You really are on your toes Mm -hmm. this podcast. (laughs) <laughs> that was with no preparation because when you asked me i had no answer i had there to use our little three story to buy time and look what i came up you can find this song and all of our songs on our spotify playlist just look up running buds episode music there's also a link on all of the channels that you're listening to this podcast now so 
thanks for li- listening. Happy uh, Thanksgiving, everyone. And we'll catch you next time. See you soon. Running Buds. Hey, Running Buds. Thanks for listening again. Also, just to let you know, our next episode is going to be about running and movies. And we're actually going to review the movie Britney Runs a Marathon. Uh, If you have Amazon Prime, you can watch it for free. Uh, Or even if you just have Amazon Video, you could also rent it. I don't know where else it's available, but again, the name is Brittany Runs a Marathon. We are going to have spoilers, uh, so if you want to uh, watch that movie before the episode, it might make the episode even better. Uh, We're going to talk about that and other running movies, so tune in next time. Bye.